Welcome to episode number 20 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about bias. We are all biased in one way or another, and it's not something that we normally like to admit because we don't want to believe that there is something that could override truth, that there's something in our brains that color the way we see things, that color the way we feel about things. We want to believe what we believe is the truth. But in a lot of cases, that is completely false because the human brain is not a computer. It is not right or wrong. There is no necessarily black and white. It is that whole gray matter in the gray area or the gray area of the gray matter that we like to call our brains. I've talked on the podcast before about a fantastic book called Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely. And if you haven't checked that book out, I highly recommend it. I'm not normally a guy that likes to read nonstop, especially now with the vision problems that I have. But this is a book that will open your eyes, no pun intended, about a whole lot of things about how the human brain works. We want to believe what we believe is the truth is actually the truth. But a lot of times we have biases. We have biases towards different things and we have these biases for different reasons. For example, there's a reason why I'm a Chicago White Sox fan. I mean, sure, I was born in the Chicago area, but it goes beyond that because we have the Cubs here. There are other teams. And even when the White Sox suck, I consider myself a White Sox fan through the bad years, through the good, because that's my bias. I have a bias towards the White Sox. And the reason for that is, you know, multifold. Actually, when I became a White Sox fan, it was because my dad took me to a game when I was seven years old, and that was the first baseball game that I went to. At the time, he was a Cub fan who then converted, because he will tell you if you ask him to this day, that God spoke to him in the shower and said he should no longer be a Cubs fan, and he should be a White Sox fan. And while I don't believe that's true, I'm kind of glad I'm not a Cub fan. Your mileage may vary on that particular subject, but why is that bias still ingrained in me to be a White Sox fan? Well, it's because of one of the biases that exists, and there's multiple types of bias we're going to talk about today. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the reason why I'm a White Sox fan, and it's something that they call anchoring or focalism, which is, if you look it up on Wikipedia, the definition they'll give you is that is the tendency to rely too heavily or to anchor on one trait or piece of information while making further future decisions, usually because of the first piece of information that was acquired on the subject. So why am I anchored or focused on being a White Sox fan? It was because it was the first game that I was ever taken to. This was the first home team. This was the team that came first, and this is the reason why that became ingrained in me. That's why I was a White Sox, and that was the first team that I went, the first team that I rooted for. So there's that anchoring bias. The first thing that you experience, the first thing that you believe, you want to continue to believe. It's just the way the human brain works. Now, I guess before we get too much further down the rabbit hole into different types of biases, let's just quickly talk about the difference between what is truth and what is bias? I mean, there, you could probably argue for a long time about what truth is. The, the simple definition of what is truth is a fact or belief that is accepted as true. 
Intriguing thing here, it doesn't necessarily say it is true, but the actual definition says it's a fact or belief that is accepted as true because, well, as George Costanza said, Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Now, the question is then, what is bias? Bias is prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person, or group compared with another. And this is usually considered to be unfair. Why is it considered to be unfair? Because there may be absolutely no basis in reality for that decision. I think the Chicago White Sox are great. I think the Cubs suck. Why? Bias. Is that a fair thing? No. Are there Cub fans out there who think the Cubs are great and the White Sox suck? Yes, I'm sure there's way more of them, but that doesn't sway me because I am happily biased in my decision to like the team that I like, and that's all there is to it. You aren't going to change my mind because I have been anchored as a Chicago White Sox fan. Now, anchoring is interesting when you look at business as well. You look at the way the current landscape has come around. You look at the companies that are huge right now, and there's a few of them that I would put the argument out there that the reason they are as big as they are is because of anchoring. Apple, maybe not as much as a few others, but Apple's been around for quite a long time. But then they did fall out of grace. They were almost nothing and came back. So they're a great comeback story. But businesses that I look at where the anchoring effect is way, 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 way prevalent are a couple big internet giants, and that would be Amazon, now the biggest freaking company in the world, and eBay. Now, the question I've always thought of when it came to things like these companies, you look at eBay especially. eBay came out and it was a it was a massive fluke, really. I mean, if you know the story of eBay, the guy that created the site wanted to sell his Pez collection, I believe, if I'm correct. So he put up a website and this thing just kind of steamrolled around. And before anybody could understand what was going on, eBay was already becoming a household name. Tons of people were using eBay, and what happened the minute people went, holy crap, you can make money running an auction site, a lot of other people started auction sites back in the day. Yahoo, who was a huge company at the time compared to what eBay was, they even tried to run their own auction site, and they failed miserably. Why? Was it really a much uh, lesser quality product? Was it a bad product? No. The Yahoo auctions were pretty much the same as what eBay was doing, Yahoo was doing, but eBay was massively successful and Yahoo not so much. And the question is why? Because people got used to going to eBay first. They were anchored on eBay. It didn't matter who was going to come out with another auction site. eBay has been swatting them down left and right ever since. And due to the massive amount of people that are currently on eBay, I would say it's nearly impossible that they're ever going to have a challenger that will ever grow to be anywhere near the size of them. Amazon the same way. When you think about Amazon and, you know, Jeff Bezos, he's having his own problems. Now, I, I just a little, a little callback here to one of the past episodes when I was saying, you know, Jeff Bezos wouldn't answer my tweets about why they were massively overcharging people for that little microphone uh, shock mount. Well, now I understand he had some other crap going on in his personal life. 
So Jeff Bezos, I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. They've since lowered the price on it like $3, but it's still like, you know, $99 where it should be 40. So still waiting for Amazon to catch up on that. But I understand now what was going on with Jeff Bezos, where my tweets maybe weren't getting through to him, but you'd think he'd have somebody in his office, but maybe he's, you know, banging them too. I don't know. Allegedly, who knows what Jeff Bezos is doing. With that said, we became anchored on Amazon because Amazon came out and they were the first company that started offering, well, it was just books, right? I mean, this was in a garage, a guy going, hey, I'm going to sell books. Who would have thought that was going to turn out to be the biggest company in the world. I certainly didn't. And that's why I'm not a multi-billionaire. So Jeff Bezos props to you on that. But we got anchored by Amazon. As, as consumers, Amazon became the place to go for books. And then they start adding other things. They start adding music. They start adding, well, as you know, now Amazon sells almost any consumer product you can imagine. They've got their foot in the game. They've got their foot in the game of different services. Uh, they're delivering food. They're kind of like an Uber Eats and Grubhub kind of thing. They're doing that in downtown Chicago and other places. They have Whole Foods. I mean, they are just about everywhere now, but they are where they are partially because of anchoring. They were the first ones there. You don't necessarily have to be the best if you're the first. It's a simple and sad true of how things are going these days. You don't have to be the best as long as you're first. It's definitely a lesson for those of us that like to overthink things. But bias is prevalent everywhere in our lives. And that is no clearer. There is no clearer place than politics right now. There's bias completely running rampant over both sides of the political aisle here in the United States and worldwide. I kind of focus on the United States, you know, a little bit more about that, but we also know the EU is kind of burning down in the UK, all sorts of issues here. And you, if you ever watch the news and you wonder how different people can have such massively different viewpoints on the same things, it's because of bias. And it's an honor that this show was picked up on the No Agenda stream, which is the stream that covers the No Agenda show. And we've talked about that in previous shows as well. John C. Dvorak, Adam Curry, they talk about media bias. Their show is Media Deconstruction, and it is based upon nothing but talking about how media sources are biased. So we know they are biased, but the question becomes then why? We look at the big issues of the day, such as global warming, and people have massively different viewpoints on this. Some people believe it's absolutely true and we're all going to die at any minute. So you better go out and watch because it's the sun's about to implode and we're all about to die. There are other people who believe man-made global warming is a complete and utter farce because, well, the science is bullcrap and there's absolutely no proof. And we've talked about that in previous shows as well. So we're not going to go too far down that rabbit hole. We also have other topics that have been out in the news, such as we have Democrats saying that Trump is a racist. Obviously, there's no question about it. He's a massive racist. Uh, and then you have reality on the other side of that. So maybe that's not as much bias, but I believe that the people saying Trump is a racist believe it. They just somehow miss history. They miss the past 
you know, where Trump got awards from people like Rosa Parks, the NAACP, Jesse Jackson for things he had done for the black community. So there's a bias because people are stupid and they believe what they're told. They believe the sound bites. They don't do their own homework. If there's one thing that I can always go back to on this show, as far as advice that I would give anybody listening and thank you for listening. We appreciate you being here. Always do your own homework. I'm an idiot. Everybody that's on the radio is an idiot. Everybody that's on TV is an idiot in one way or another. And nobody's right all the time. We'd like to believe we are. That's that bias again. But none of us are right all the time. And the best we can do is try to bring you the most accurate information and to try to give you the most logical breakdown of things. But it doesn't always work because we all have bias, whether we want to believe it or not. And one of the things that's been going around for a long time, I would guess ever since, you know, Rush Limbaugh and Fox News came on the air, one of the memes coming out of the left has been Fox News lies all the time. Glenn Beck lies all the time. Rush Limbaugh lies about everything. And you hear this enough that the people on the left have a tendency to believe it. That's their bias. They want to believe it. Why do you want to believe it? Because the people saying it are the people they like, you know, especially if you have actors, musicians, and all this. There's another type of bias that wants you to believe the people that you like over the people that you hate. So if you think, I'm a raving jerk, even if I'm saying something that's absolutely true, your brain's going, yeah, but he's a jerk. I don't want to believe him. I'd rather believe the guy I like, even though what he's saying maybe isn't completely accurate, but my brain's going to tell me, this is the guy I want to believe. And there's a guy that I follow on Twitter, and I was really kind of shocked to get any kind of interaction from him. But there was a post, and uh, there was somebody that posted about uh, Fox News and Rush Limbaugh. And the basic gist of their tweet was, hey, we need to do everything we can to get these people off the air, man. They're ruining the world. And Jeremy Piven, an actor that I really like, he's a Chicago guy, and I don't I don't have to align politically with the people that I like as far as actors and musicians and all that, because if that was the case, I would like, you know, maybe Ted Nugent, you know, Chris Pratt, I believe, kind of, um, you know, Gary Sinise, uh, John Voight, and uh, a few others, but, you know, my, my choices would be fairly limited if I could only enjoy the art of people that I absolutely believed with. So the an answer to that, that guy's tweet, that wasn't Piven's tweet, but he answered that guy's tweet saying, hey, Russian Fox, man, get rid of them because they're horrible. They're ruining the world. And Jeremy Piven responded with something like, amen, brother. And, and I just responded with, like, do you really think that you know in this climate what is truth and what is not? And I actually got a response from Jeremy Piven in a private message, which was even a little bit stranger to me rather than doing this in public, but I get it. I've heard from a few people on Twitter who maybe are a little bit more liberal when they come to their uh, public posts, but will admit in private that you know some of this stuff is crazy. But Jeremy Piven responded to me privately and what he said when I said, when I asked the question, do you really think you know what is truth and what is not? And his answer to me was, not at all. Bet you do, though. And I responded back, no, sir. I believe there is plenty of information out there on both sides of the political spectrum. 
It's easy to say turn off Rush or turn off Fox News. I would rather see specific examples of where any source has lied or misled. Jeremy Piven, the actor and obviously not great political thinker, responded with, Ha! Exclamation point. You want to know where Fox and Rush have lied? That's perfect! Have a great day, buddy! And that kind of made me sad. It really did, because I thought we were opening a dialogue. I thought we wanted to have a serious conversation about the subject. And I responded to him with, you don't think that would help prove the point. If you're truly going after people who believe everything they say, then why not show examples? As Fox is right-leaning, MSNBC is left-leaning. If you switch sources, there is no doubt that there are biases everywhere. See, I already knew about biases. How is the average person supposed to know where the real news is and who to trust? He didn't respond to that. Obviously, didn't want to have the conversation. But this is something where I believe you can start pointing out how people are completely crazy and not really wanting to either don't know what they're talking about, they don't want to get into the conversation because they know they don't know what they're talking about because as somebody who's followed Glenn back on and off, has followed Bill O'Reilly, Rush Limbaugh, uh, you know, everybody on that side at a time or two, you know, have checked out their shows. If you're going to come to me and say, Rush Limbaugh lies about everything, man, and I say, okay, cool, give me one example that you can prove, and you don't have even one example? <laughs> Where is your argument? You either know it's bullshit, or you're so highly biased, as obviously Jeremy Piven is, that you can't even come up with one example. So it's funny to me and sad at the same time that we have people in this particular political climate who will say things like Glenn Beck lies about everything, Rush Limbaugh lies about everything, Fox News lies about everything. And then you say, well, okay, if they lie about everything, this should be really, really easy. Give me one example that you can prove they lied. And they never give a freaking example. It's amazing to me. And I wonder if they really believe the crap that they're spewing when they say that these people lie about everything. But it's questionable. But it's a very interesting mind game, right? Because you're going to go out there and you're going to say these guys lie about everything, but you don't even have one example. But they believe it. Why? Because they're biased. Their brain is telling them this is true, even though they have absolutely no evidence to prove their point. And this happens in the political spectrum, and of course it happens you know, on our daily lives as well. There are things that we are biased for and against which have absolutely no basis in reality. Part of the reason for all of this is something that they call truth bias, which is the fact that people want to believe what they're told. They don't want to have, they don't want to, have to question every little encounter they have, everything they hear on an average day, the closer somebody is to you, the more that bias is. So you're going to want to believe your spouse, your children, your parents. You know, you're going to then want to believe your friends and then your acquaintances. The better you know a person, the more that truth bias is up there, which is why it can be so easy to lie to people. They want to believe what they're told. I mean, when you show up to a used car uh, lot, you kind of know you're going to get lied to, and you, you don't trust the guy trying to sell you the car. You're trying to poke holes in everything that they tell you. You're asking for proof 
about how many miles the car has. Let me see the maintenance records and all that. But when your wife, your husband, your mother, your father tells you something, you're not in that mode of going, are they lying to me? Uh, are they telling you the truth? No, they, you think they're telling you the truth because you want to believe. Truth bias makes you want to believe the people that are closer to you, which makes you start looking at this political climate. And the interesting thing to me is if you go look and you read about the weather underground, I think we've talked about them before. Bill Ayers, the guy that uh, was associated with Obama when he first came to Chicago, he was part of the weather underground who actually bombed places and actually did really bad things and is now, of course, a university professor. In their manifesto from the Weather Underground, they talk about things like taking over the education system. And why do you want to take over the education system? It's, again, because of anchoring. The sooner you can indoctrinate people with any thoughts in their heads, the more likely they are they're going to believe it. Teachers are believed. You're anch so you're anchored on multiple ways. Kids want to believe their teachers. And they're also being told this kind of stuff first, which is why parents have to be very careful and take a, take a very big look and listen what your kids are learning in school, because it's changing a lot from when I was a kid. I mean, it's really sad when you see some of these stats lately. I saw a report the other day that like 20% of millennials didn't know what the Holocaust was. And my wife and I looked at each other and went, what the hell are they teaching in school? That's so important that somehow the Holocaust has been wiped from the history records. So parents, I really, I don't have kids. I worry for you. I worry for you. I worry for your kids. Wake up and take an active view of what they're learning. Find out who's teaching them and find out if they're being taught any ideals that maybe you think are bullcrap that you need to sit down with them and have a little bit of a chat about. Maybe there's a whole show uh, somewhere in there. But there again, different types of biases beyond the truth bias, beyond being anchor bias, beyond wanting to believe the people that you know are closest to you. There's also another bias, which I think is kind of an interesting one. Uh, we'll be talking about two more. We're going to talk about confirmation bias, then we're going to talk about cognitive bias, and, and then we'll be out of here for the day. But confirmation bias is the concept that we want to believe what we believe. We want to believe in the decisions that we've made, which means the minute you make a decision, no matter how big or how small, you know, maybe you walk into a bar and there's a blonde and there's a brunette, and you're like, well, which one should I ask out? Well, it doesn't matter which one you ask out. The minute you make that choice and go do it, your brain is going into full mode going, you were right, you were right, you made the right choice, you were right, you were right, yeah, you did good. That's what the brain does. It's got that confirmation bias. It's trying to convince you, maybe you're not really sure, uh, it wants to convince you that the choices you made are correct in order for you not to have a complete and utter breakdown. I mean, some people have a hard time making decisions. I think we all know somebody like that where if they need to buy I mean, I like to do a lot of research, you know, if I'm going to buy a new computer, but I could probably do that in a day. If I'm looking to buy a new car, maybe a day or two, a few test drives, you do the research. And then usually after the choice is made, I don't sit there and have buyer's remorse for days or weeks or months after that. But some people do. Maybe they have a lack of confirmation bias going on because your brain wants you to believe that the choices you've made were the right ones. Now, this is only a bad thing. If you actually made the wrong choice, because your brain wants you to believe 
that you made the right choice, whether you did or whether you didn't. So that can be a little bit of a dangerous thing is it's trying to confirm something because you chose it, whether it was right or whether it was wrong. And then we have cognitive bias, and they've done a lot of research in this here at the University of Chicago. And this one is the, the one they say is the most linked with the endowment effect. It leads us to place an irrational high value on our own possessions. That's what cognitive bias does. And they did a little test. They did a little, uh, um, a little lab where they decided they had a mug and they gave people the mug and they said, okay, here you go. Here's this mug. This is your mug. And then said, what would you sell that mug for? And the average answer that was given by this group of people was $5.78. That seems, I guess, reasonable. It's a mug. Five bucks, sure, it seems reasonable. I don't know what the mug looked like. Maybe it was really nice. Maybe it wasn't. But they had been given the mug. It made the mug their possession. They thought it was worth $5.78. The next group, they just showed the mug to, didn't give it to them, and they said, hey, what would you spend for this mug? Now, remember, this is the same mug that once people had taken possession of it and were asked, hey, what would you sell that for? Thought it was worth $5.78. That's what they would have given it up for on average. The same mug for people who didn't own it, who were asked, what would you pay for it? Instead of $5.78, what they would pay for it was $2.21. Same mug. Predictably irrational. Once you own something... This goes, I'm sure, along with the confirmation bias. You're telling yourself you made the right choice. Once you own something, the value on it goes way up. And I, I fully see this in my own life all the time. When you're trying to purge things, you know, you're trying to clean the house, and you're going, do I still want this shirt? Do I still want this piece of computer hardware? Do I still want this microphone that I haven't used in three years? Well, you put such a high value on this stuff and you'll see it very easily. Go to eBay and do a random search for an item, and there's always some moron trying to sell the thing for like 10 times what it's worth. He's not really a moron, I guess, because, again, it's bias telling him there's something that he thinks this is worth or she thinks this is worth a lot more than what the rest of the world thinks it's worth. So that's the cognitive bias that we believe that because we own something, that must mean it's really worth a lot more than it actually is because we are super smart people. And if we decided to acquire this, it must be worth a lot of money. So knowing these kind of things, knowing about biases, I believe can really help you out in your daily life because you have to realize that we're all irrational beings. And again, use this for good in your own life, knowing that maybe some of the things that you think are true aren't do your own homework. The values we're placing on things maybe are a little bit higher or a little bit lower than they should be because of bias. And it will help you when you're going out trying to buy things. You know, if you're out there, again, trying to buy a used car from somebody, you're better off to be buying a car, as I did my very first one, which was an old uh, Oldsmobile that the woman's husband had passed away. But she had no, no love for the car, just wanted to get rid of it. That was absolutely it. That's a much easier deal, and you can get you know you can get the price that you want, as opposed to I think we've all gone to try to buy a used car or something at some point that the person really loves and doesn't really want to sell, and the price is way out there and nuts. So knowing how biases work, 
will help you negotiate for certain things. It'll help you get more money from your boss. It'll help you do all sorts of cool things to understand that the human brain is not a computer. The human brain is so irrational and so biased that you have to figure out just how screwed up it is in order to understand it. So the next time somebody says to you, XYZ lies about everything, ask them for an example and watch their heads explode. And I hope you're liking what you're hearing on the Random Thoughts Podcast. You can always reach out to us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. You can find us online at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. And you can find us wherever finer podcasts are distributed, including the iTunes store and the Android store for podcasts. Subscribe. It would mean a lot to me. Leave a comment. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Tell a friend. And thanks to everybody, Void Zero, Sir Bembrose, Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, for helping us and allowing us to be on the No Agenda stream. It is an honor beyond ones that I can put into words. And if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, you know I usually don't have a problem putting anything into words. But it is honoring, it is humbling, and it's going to make me work even harder to produce the kind of shows that you all want to hear. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.